Hey, in this episode, I want to give a special shout out to my man, Kevin Warren, the creative genius founder and CEO of God Lifts Me. Folks, you see me wearing this a ton. Between this and Sporta Kings and Roan, you know those are my favorite brands. For those of you that are getting holiday gifts this year, you're going to be getting some GLM. Kevin, this was genius. I'm proud of you, brother. I can't wait to see all the success that you're going to create by spreading God's good word through this brand. And dude, this is more than a brand. I mean, this is a lifestyle and I can't wait to see all that you're going to do. Folks, check it out. God lifts me. I, I don't even believe that the statistic is this generous, but it's about like 1% out of every NCAA collegiate athlete that ever gets to sniff a locker room, a uniform, or any type of playing device that is at the professional level. Less than 1% of folks go pro. That's the reality in life. Those that do, it's not just about extreme talent. It's drive. It's grit. It's determination. It's dreaming. It's about doing the work in the dark of night when everyone else is eating Cheerios, sipping on, you know, Coca-Cola and watching TV, but it's doing the things that's required for people to be great and play at the highest level. You know, the powerful thing about sports and athletics is that the skills we learn and that are developed over the course of whatever career and however long that is, those are absolutely transferable into the next chapter of our lives. From the locker room to the boardroom, we've heard this story a thousand times and at least a hundred times here at the podium. Today, you're going to get to hear from a good friend of mine, professional Major League Baseball pitcher, he had a good career pursuing the vision of his life on the mound, on the field, but now is living one of the most phenomenal, explosive, and beautiful careers as a serial entrepreneur, someone whose businesses have grown about as quickly as the last 12-month rise of my beloved Bitcoin. Welcome to At The Podium. Hello again, and welcome to At The Podium with Manuel Mesqua. As you all know by now, I'm a financial advocate, CEO, and steward of this incredible firm, a father, a husband, and an incredible sports fan. I'm obsessed with encouraging people to dream and attack the unique vision they have for their life so that through that, they can inspire others to do the same. I built the podcast. Well, we built the podcast. We built the podcast to share the stories of some of the highest performers in my life, and we helped convert their stories and the story today into little golden tickets and lessons that can help you get closer to your hopes and dreams and the vision you have for your life. Folks, today my guest is the one and only, born in Detroit himself, Anthony Tomey. Anthony is a former pitcher at one of the highest levels of professional sports, graduating from the Eastern Michigan University, Detroit Catholic Central High School grad, before getting drafted by the Tigers in 2003, Anthony today is an 
very successful serial entrepreneur surrounded by an incredible family, Anthony and his family, the Tomy Group, of which he serves as the CEO of. They own over 50 Jimmy John's across the country, third largest franchise owner, a best-in-class vodka, 8-mile vodka, born in Detroit clothing line, and a new franchise called The Chicken Guy. I loved hearing Anthony share about the story of his childhood, the impact and influence of his parents, an incredible immigrant story, and his family around him, what it looked like to dream big about being a major league pitcher, and then what the transition was like to go from sports to business, the locker room to the boardroom, and continue to really tap in to this insane creative side of him. And I loved just listening to all the success they've had to this point and will have in the future. I know that you're going to find value in that part of today's discussion. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's conversation with Anthony Tomey. Folks, as I mentioned, I'm I'm here uh, with a good friend, someone I've gotten to know over the last several years of our family living here in the great state of Michigan. This guy is an absolute freight train around business, entrepreneurship, and creating success by serving people at the highest level of excellence, adding value, and solving problems. I, I've got this young man today. I, I can't even believe, like, I, I met Anthony Tomey, and, and I didn't even know that he had had a previous life, previous chapter in the storybook of his life where he had played baseball at a professional level. But you're talking about a guy that native of Detroit, Michigan, went to Detroit Catholic Central High School. And I know my children are at Country Day. I understand. I keep getting these notes from folks saying, hey, it's not too late for Atlas to go to Detroit Catholic Central. I know that I hear that. But just a multi-sport standout athlete, student athlete, though. And I think that's the one thing I want to point out about Anthony. Absolute student athlete, goes to Eastern, drafted out of high school to try to play major league ball. He's got just such a greater vision than even just sports and being a competitor and a great teammate. Today, Anthony is the CEO of the Tomy Group. And let's just stack some incredible brands. They're the third largest franchise owner of the Jimmy John's brand in the country. Chicken Guy, 8 Mile Vodka, and born in Detroit. Today, folks, we've got Anthony Tomey, the husband of Rita and the father of Anthony, Nicholas, and Luca. Anthony, we've been talking about this for two years, and we're finally here. It's a privilege, man. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me, Manny. This is, like you said, we've talked about this for a couple of years now, and I'm really, really pumped to, to get this out and, and work with you on this. Uh, so we, we had a little bit of small talk about your mom and dad. And, and I'll tell you, dude, like I, I can get teary eyed in two seconds talking about family and the significance of family. And every single time I've heard you talk about any one of the many family businesses, I hear such a familial tonality about the way you treat the key stakeholders 
the other owners, the key contributors, the success of those brands. And it's all family, 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 family. And I've got to think some of that comes from your upbringing, from your parents. I know you've got two incredible siblings, but I think some of that comes from your folks. Can you talk a little bit about them? Talk a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, I mean, definitely. A hundred percent it does. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're, we were brought up here in, in Detroit and suburbs. We're Lebanese, hundred percent Lebanese, right? So my dad was a straight boater right off the boat from Lebanon in 1972. My mom was actually born here, but she was hundred percent Lebanese as well. So my dad literally came here. His whole story is crazy. $25 to his name, arrives in New York. And he knows, uh, Tommy Detroit, Tommy Detroit. So, you know, my dad just didn't even care. He's like, just get me to Detroit. I know I can get a job there, go to school. Guy waited tables at Caucus Club and, um, and London Chop House. <laughs> that's where he worked as- Christos! Yes, yeah, that's where he worked. <laughs> that's where he worked as a busboy and a, you know, whatever. Eventually became a waiter while going to University of Detroit, while not speaking English and getting himself a degree and an MBA from University of Detroit. Um, living, he tells us stories. I live with cockroaches. He oh did all gosh, this, you right. know, just one of those old right. school stories yeah. that you're just, the guy just grinded and was just happy. And still to this day, happiest guy to ever be in America. Like yeah. just happy to be here. It tells stories, you know, people here don't understand what it is to be here. Go live in another country. Go live in a, yeah. you know, somewhere else and tell me why you think America is not the greatest place on earth. Yeah. And so, he always kind of just did that. And listen, my dad worked really hard. We were never rich. We never were whatever, but we did, we don't, my dad did well, right? Put us through Catholic school our whole lives, um, from kindergarten all the way through high school and just gave us what we needed, not what we wanted. We were never those guys. And, you know, my parents are small people. My dad's five foot six, maybe 160 pounds. My mom is five foot tall. I'm six, three, 270 pounds. Like, negative athletic ability for my parents like literally nothing i just learned how to play from all the kids in the neighborhood i was just big as a kid and i was bigger than everyone else i was like six playing with 10 11 12 year old kids and i could compete with them and i learned how to play all the sports and then my dad learned and loved sports he never played any sports whole life and he just one of those guys he never missed one game from seven years old yeah until pro ball never out of state. I mean, I didn't play in state from like 12 years old on. I was in Florida, Georgia, Texas, Arizona, California, Ohio. His only vacations were only to take me to tournaments. Yeah. That's all he did his whole life. Even pro ball, playing in Grand Rapids, playing in Toledo, wherever. He was there. I, I'm a pitcher, right? I'd pitch one inning or I'd pitch, I'd start or whatever. And he would just come and stay the whole weekend and just, just to be there. So he's just one of those guys that I've always just admired. And to this day, I don't make a decision without asking him nothing. I have to ask what he thinks first before I do anything. Yeah, that's so. beautiful. What an incredible story. Obviously, you know, that really resonates with me. My parents being immigrants from Mexico um, and, and uh, just growing up very blue collar, but with just an abundance of, of faith and love, right? An abundance of faith and love. Talk to me a little bit about when you knew that you wanted to aggressively pursue sports. You know, most children have that moment or that year in their life or that season in their life where they're like, I'm, I'm going to be an athlete. I don't know for how long, but I'm going to be seen as an athlete. When did you know? I think around 12. 
Um, I was so you know, 12 years old and I'm young for my grade. My parents said no, right? I was an August birthday ah, and I would just, yeah. I could have gone either way, right? I could have been held back or sure. gone forward. So I graduated high school at 17. I was in college at 17 years old. If I wait one more year, who knows? I might have been a first round pick. Who knows, yeah. right? Um, at 12, I had to, I was really good at baseball. I played basketball and I played football. And in the Catholic League, you had to be 160 pounds in seventh and eighth grade to play. I was 6'1", 185 at 12 years old. I was just like eating people. It wasn't even like fair. So I had to go, there's Our Lady of Sorrows is where I went to school. And you had to run up and down this hill every day with all my pads on, all my sweatpants on. And I would just run two, three hours a day. So I lost, I lost 25 pounds in two weeks for two years straight. That's when I knew, like I knew what I wanted to do. And baseball just came naturally to me because yeah. I was just getting the biggest, kind of strongest kind of guy out there. And so I knew at that point, I didn't know where I'd go, but I knew like I wanted to play sports. I love it. I, I, I thrived off of being the guy that everyone depended on, right? I wanted to I wanted the ball with, you know, bases loaded, no one out in the last inning. Give me the ball. I wanted to be the guy at the plate to win the game. I just had that, that killer instinct in me. And I knew at that point I wanted to, I wanted to play. When, when you were playing at Detroit Catholic Central, I mean, what, a, what an incredible school to have the privilege to attend. Yes. And I mean, play sports at, right? It's an awesome place, man. People people make fun of it, right? Like, oh, you guys are like a little little cultish. You do this. I said, if you go there, you don't understand the brotherhood and, and the way things work. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm very heavily involved still. I'm on the board at, at school. I'm a, I'm, I do everything at this place still to this day. I have a scholarship there. Um, Will the boys go there? Oh, I think Rita's going to teach there. Rita's going to teach religion. She's going to teach religion there. The kids already have all CC stuff. They know the deal. That's a hundred percent. There's no way. I don't care if I move to Ohio. I'm going to figure out a way to get into CC, right? Um, but yeah, they'll be going to school there for sure. But it's a special place. My best friends are still my best friends from high school. Still to this day. People, again, you kind of make fun of you. Like, what do you, like, who goes here? Who cares about your high school? Well, yeah. That's not what it is, right? But we love it. And it's just that brotherhood you have from being, you know, it kind of molded me into who I am today. It really, it really did. When you look back at your time at Detroit Catholic Central, are there certain people that really stand out in your mind? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the priests that were there, Father Menor, Father Donaher, it's something you can't do today, right? They would come up to you and if you didn't know the answer, they literally punch you in the, in the chest. They would punch you. They didn't care. Hit you with the ruler. You did something wrong, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. We had a disciplinarian, Mr. Hayes, the big, tall guy, big, strong guy, the nicest dude ever. A bunch of you left school, but when you were there, man, he, you were scared out of your mind of this guy. And it just, it made you into a man. It really did. It molded these kids. We, we, you walk in the door at 300 kids, right? Yeah. And you leave with 250. Some mm. kids couldn't make it academically where it was very tough athletically you come from a, a, a middle school right where you're the man right you're awesome and you go to the school where everybody is a stud we graduated we had 43 d1 or d2 athletes from my class we had seven professional athletes it doesn't happen three baseball players or five baseball players total from our team bunch of hockey guys one guy played uh basketball pro basketball like that doesn't happen, especially from a school in Michigan. Nonetheless, from a forty-three guys is a lot of a lot of athletes. Yeah, and that just kind of weeds the guys out and pushes you. 
it pushed me to get better because mm-hmm. you play against the best talent in the state, but mm-hmm. you're literally playing at the same school with guys that are awesome. They work hard. They push you in the weight room. They push you to, to eat better, to do better in school. Like it's, it's everything we did is a competition. And I take that into my business is I would love to only hire athletes if we could, right? They know how to compete. They know how to get things done. And they're just going to always push and push and push to be better. I mean, you had a really, really special um, high school career. I mean, you were definitely a student athlete and yeah. you were definitely a special kid. Um, Eastern Michigan. Tell us that story. There wasn't social media back then, right? I graduated in 1999, which that's not that long ago, but it is kind of long. It's, you know, it's, it's a decent amount of time now. There's no social media. There was no advanced scouting. There was none of that, right? If you, and they had that stigma that if you were from the North, you couldn't play baseball in the South, right? You just mm. weren't good enough. Even though we'd go travel all over the place and we yeah. we kicked the crap out of these teams, but they just didn't scout you up here, right? It just wasn't a thing. My always dream was to go to Michigan or Michigan State, right? That's what it was. That's what, you know, growing up, that's what you want to do. And those two coaches at that time were, were recruiting nationally. And they were bringing in like the 25th guy from Florida instead of the number one guy in Michigan, just because yeah. it, made their, it made their team. I brought guys from California, Georgia, Texas, whatever, Arizona, yeah. but you have, you got to recruit your own, your own spot. Right. And we had the three best players in the state of Michigan that year. Myself, I was the number one pitcher in the state. And Casey Rogowski, probably the best power hitter. And Bobby Malik, who played at Michigan State, was the number one hitter. The guy hit 700 as a senior. Stupid. Doesn't even make sense, right? Maybe he broke uh, Kurt Gibson's record at Michigan State in three years. Unbelievable. Great hitter. I mean, we were so good. We were stacked. And we, you know what? The funny thing is, we brought all of us together. We all met. We all knew each other from travel ball in seventh and eighth grade. And we're all like, let's all go to CC together. Our lineup was ridiculous. We had eight out of nine guys over six foot and six out of nine over 200 pounds as a baseball team. We're just big, strong, gritty guys. We lost in the state semifinals as juniors, and it just kind of pushed us. And we just killed everybody our senior year. We were 39 and one, just mashed everybody. And uh, we got a lot of looks, right? All the scouts yeah. were out there, all the school, all schools were out there. So Eastern Roger Coriel, God rest his soul, um, came to my house and just goes, you're the best pitcher in the state of Michigan. Here's a full ride. And full rides are impossible in baseball, right? You only get 11.7 scholarships for the whole team. It's like, you're, you got a full boat, full boat. I said, like academics, like, I mean, just for like a, you know, like everything, room and board, everything's all taken care of. So Beautiful. at that point you couldn't really, you couldn't the say American no to that, dream. right? You couldn't say no to that, right? Funny story is the, the first letter I ever got was from Stanford. And I was like, that's my dream school. I'd love to go to Stanford and play baseball. And they were on TV in the College World Series every year. And I looked at it and my dad, and they made me a nice offer. It was still going to be like 20 some thousand dollars a year to go there just, just to show up, right? They have to travel to California, do all that. And my dad, I know my dad would have done it. He would have done whatever I had to do. But I wanted him to be around for it too. I love that he was there. My mom would always come, my brother, my sister. And the first agent I ever got a call from was you know the number one agent in the world, right? My dad threw in the garbage. He didn't know who he was. That's how big of a boater like he was, right? He didn't even know what was going on with that stuff. And so the recruiting process was not easy for me because I didn't know. We didn't have anyone advising us. We didn't have anyone that we knew that went through this process. And so when when Roger came over and just offered me a full ride, I was like, let's go. 
So, and then, and then I went to a camp after that in December, top hundred players in the, in the country. And I had studs on my team, the number one and number two pick in the draft that year were on my team, Josh Beckett and Josh Hamilton. Hmm. And I played with all those guys mm-hmm. and I got a bunch of offers, but I already signed in that back in the day. Once you signed, that was it. it. That you was honor over. your commitments. So I went to Eastern and I turned down, I was drafted by the Cleveland Indians out of high school. Um, wanted to go. My dad goes, no, it's no money. If they give you this much money, half of this goes to taxes. You go buy a car, you're done. That's it. Game over. Go to school. Yeah, get an education. Get an education. No one can take that away from you. That's he right. always say he always told me that. He tells my kids the same thing. No one can ever take the piece of paper away from you. Yeah. You know, and so that's the way I went with it. You mentioned something else in that uh, briefly, and I want to come back to that because that that's a really powerful comment, which was you you may have missed an opportunity or two. Because no one before you mm-hmm. or no one in your family or intimate circle of friends and family had had the experience and the awareness to maybe advise or guide you through that process. Yep. I'm guessing, but I don't want to guess. Is that why you're so involved? I mean, dude, you were, I, I was making fun of you when you walked in in a loving way, in a respectful <laughs> way, right? Yeah. Very loving and respectful way. But I'm like, I'm never personally on social media. I know we have it. But every once in a while, I'll go into my LinkedIn or Instagram for the podcast. And you are everywhere. I'm like, you and Kristen Shione. Like, (laughs) how the heck are you at so many places with so much responsibility? And I think it goes a little bit to what you just inferred, which is, Maybe that experience has built you into a man that really wants to give back and pour into others so that they can make great decisions. Talk about that. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of it. hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I say, I'm a yes guy. I say yes to a lot of things and I probably should say no to a lot of things, but I don't. And everyone's like, you should get an assistant. And I, and I would love to, it sounds like a great thing. Right. But I just don't do it because I just don't feel like anyone will do it the way I do it. I know it sounds kind of like controlling and all that. I let my guys do their thing. I don't really bother them. My, my, you know, Adam and Corey, my top two guys, like they do everything and they don't, they don't even ask anymore. They just do it. Right. They know, cause they, they've been around long enough. Right. Yeah. I enjoy helping people out. I enjoy giving advice. So I do, I do a lot of stuff with young baseball players and I make calls to colleges for them and um, I help them out and, and I do lessons and do whatever I can to help these kids out and advise. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of just bring people to good people, right? I, I think you, my dad always told me this as a kid, you are who your friends are. I'm like, oh, whatever, dad, you're, you're good. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. It's the most true statement in history, <laughs> right? If you're an athlete, you're going to hang out with athletes. If you're a druggie, you're going to hang out with druggies, right? If you're, you know, if you're, a com- if your friends are computer guys, you're going to be a computer guy. It's the most true statement I've ever heard. And so I just try to bring good people around good people. And if you're successful people, you're going to hang around with successful people. It's just yeah. how it's going to be. And, and the more you bring that circle and that's kind of always been my thing. I'm, I'm, I'm a connector. I've always been good with people, always talk to people. Thankfully, a lot of, you know, not a lot of people like me. I like a lot of people and yeah. we just bring great stuff together and good things will happen. Hey, I want to give a quick shout out to my new friend, James Murphy, and his entire team 
James is the CEO of Element. And look, gang, if you're trying to perform at your highest level, whether it's in the locker room, in the boardroom, or at your home as a parent, um, I got to tell you, this element that I've been taking daily for the last several weeks, it's helping to restore health, hydration, and it's got zero, zero sugar. And look, I know I'm on Instagram from time to time. I see who their competitors are. I don't even like the marketing and promotion they're using. This is it. If you're looking to restore health, perform at your highest level, and just overall feel great, check out Element. Check out Element. Hey, gang, I want to send a special shout out to my friend Jennifer Maxwell. You may know that name. Jennifer and Brian were the creators, founders of the Power Bar. And so for people my age, 45, plus or minus 10, gang, we know the Power Bar. Well, guess what? Jennifer has now launched a new bar. It's incredible. My entire family loves it. Samantha Ava Atlas. They've got vegan, gluten-free options. It's completely organic, and it's called Jam Bar. I know they use this language in describing it, but I completely agree. This thing is a complete labor of love and an instrument of spreading positivity starting in your tummy. If you want to stay healthy, you want to put something in your belly that makes a ton of sense, organic, vegan, gluten-free options, check out Jam Bar. Jennifer crushed it with this product and we wish them a ton of success. When you think about that time, let's go back chronologically. When you think about that time between pursuing your dreams and the vision you had for your life of playing pro ball to then saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to actually now apply this incredible degree that I have and this education that my father and my mother challenged me to make sure that I pursued. Talk, you know, share with our listeners what it was like, maybe some of the emotion, the conversations, who you were having those with to talk through. Is it time for me to hang up the glove and the cleats and start applying myself in the boardroom versus on the playing field? Yeah, definitely a tough decision. I mean, obviously, since I was a kid, I wanted to play baseball. Yeah. Who doesn't, right? What yeah. person's like, man, I'll just give this up. It says it's not, it's not a good deal, right? It's a dream. It's you're playing. I would do it for free. You yeah, told you're me, like a Lebanese Bo Jackson. Exactly. Like, and then you're like, I'm done. <laughs> there's only <laughs> there's only like two other athletes, Lebanese athletes, that ever made it, right? To any in any sport, right? They're just. But it's one of those things where we bought the Jimmy Johns when I was 21 years old. Who bought it? So my family, my dad, my my uncle Tony is our partner as well. So this is a great story. So we're. We're, we're talking. I just signed, right? I got a couple bucks. My dad's got a couple dollars. Tony was a landscaper. He came here in 1985 and just, you know, busted his ass, just cutting lawns, making, he made a company out of it, doing okay for himself, like making decent money, just got married, just had a baby. And my dad's like, let's do something. I'm like, like what? A typical boater. He's like, let's get a gas station. I'm like, no gas station. We're not doing 24 hour anything. He goes, how about Subway? I said, Subway's garbage. I eat this stuff, Jimmy John's at school. Let's bring it to the suburbs. And he's like, okay. And that's how we did it. My sister was going to Michigan State. Oh. We, we ate it there. Yeah. Um, within two months, we, we bought the franchise and we were the second person. We had opened Royal Oak and we were the next ones to open here. We opened Novi. 
So I'm 21 years old. I'm playing pro ball. We open the store. I'm not there. We're, I come back. We're struggling. I got, I got one semester left at school. Um, so I want to go finish my degree at Eastern and get, just get the, you know, get the degree and be done. Right. And I'm working every day in the store. I don't even know how to make a sandwich at this point. I just walk in the door. We we're busy, started making things happen. And we just kind of went with it from there. From store one, we we're doing six, $7,000 a week, like nothing. No one heard of Jimmy John's. No one heard of delivering a sandwich. Made no sense to people at that point. It's 2003. Then I started going out and giving out free food to all these businesses, cutting the sandwiches small, giving them out sampling and we doubled and tripled the next six months till i left for spring training even in school i was known i was just so like i was known as the blue pants guy wore my my catholic central basketball warm-ups to school every day i was known as as uh as blue pants guy because i just didn't i was just there i had a three seven in college did well but i just was like you know that's what i did right and I, and for the last project, you know, I was three weeks late to, to school because I was playing ball still. Yeah. And the teacher introduced us in the business classes and is like, hey, this is Anthony. He just signed with the Tigers. Uh, you know, welcome into the class. So everyone knew I could care less, right? That's what they thought in their head. I, this guy is a jock. He doesn't care. He just signed a pro contract. And I did. I really wanted to just finish up my degree and, and you know, get it done. So nobody wanted me on their team. Because they all thought I was just like, I was sleeping in class. I was yeah. just dead tired of working at the gym. No one knew I was working at Jimmy John's all day long, getting my workouts in, coming to class, right? They didn't know that. I didn't say anything to anybody. So no one wanted me on their, on their, on their, in their group. And we got a D on the, on the first thing. I'm like, these, these people suck. Like, what are you guys doing? You guys, let me, let me do something. Like, just bring pizza. I'll bring some pizza. And then they did the whole project, put my name on it, and that was it. So the next project, I go, guys, I got this. They're like, no, 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 this is our great. I go, let me do this. So I implemented Jimmy John's into Target. Again, I didn't tell them I own Jimmy John's at this point. Into Target. And we did this whole presentation. I showed up. No one even recognized me. Because I always wore a hat, too. I actually had hair then. I, I combed my hair. I had a suit on. I presented. We kicked ass. I got a, we got an A on the project. Everyone's like, I'm really sorry. We thought you were really stupid because you were just a jock. You didn't care about anything. You are playing pro ball. I go, guys, this is what I do. I also own Jimmy John's. I brought Jimmy John's for everybody. Everyone went crazy in class. Yeah. And that was kind of the whole thing of like, man, I really am a business guy. I got to get this thing going. So I still played. And then at 28, I was in between. I'm on AAA. I'm in Toledo. I could have kept playing. I could have had a couple more years. My dad's like, listen, we were just opening store number five. And my dad's like, listen, we're, we're doing well. We're good. If you don't retire, we're done. Like we don't even, if you're not here, we can't do this. Can't keep scaling. Can't keep scaling. Right. My sister was scaling. still, my sister was a teacher, right? Yeah. So she wasn't in the business at that point. She wasn't, and my brother was still in high school, almost in college. He just, you know, so it was just my uncle, Tony, my dad, and, and then me when I came home. And so once I said, okay, I'm going to shut it down. Let's blow this thing up. 2008. And then 2008 happens, right? Literally open store five. Two days later, the economy crashes. Everything crashes for a year. We went from 2008 to from five stores to 18 stores in 10 years. And then we doubled the company in 2019. We bought 27 stores at once and put us to where we are today. Wow. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Off of uh, some sandwiches. Yeah. Pretty nuts. <laughs> well, and I, and I love going back to where you started. You were like, I didn't even know how to make sandwiches, but I just got in there and got to work. So, so, who, hey, so for all of you, 
that had any one of Anthony's first 100 sandwiches that sucked, <laughs> that didn't even follow the menu, yeah. you can come back and ask Anthony for a free sandwich today. You. But since then, <laughs> this dude can build a sandwich. Um, that this This just explodes into the chicken guy, 8 Mile Vodka, born in Detroit. Yeah. Like, you're spewing creativity. And obviously, we're, you know, audit your circles, right? Like your father said. Yeah. Such a great lesson. My father, Papi Beto, said the same thing. My brother, Alex, enforced the brothers into believing it. Like, hey, you only have four to five real friends in your life. Yeah. Choose them wisely, right? All this creativity comes from somewhere. Because it's not like you stayed in sandwiches. You're no. now yeah. pouring one of the greatest vodkas in the country, recognized globally. You're outfitting us in incredible gear. It's comfortable. It fits. It's athletic. Thank you for not making like the box. E everything's a box <laughs> yeah, fit. Like I seriously, that. I won't do like, it. Like my shoulders are wide, but yeah. my waist is not that fat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love all that. And then to partner with Guy Fieri on on a brand that I think is going to really take over the chicken market and the chicken space, uh, a really high end quick, efficient, nutritious meal. How, where does the creativity come from? It's random, another random story. So Michael, my brother and I were, we're, you know, we're very involved. Which in again, how yeah. much younger is Michael? Michael's eight years younger. Yeah, because I don't think folks know that, right? No, Michael's yeah. eight years younger than me. My sister, Christine, is two years younger than, okay. two and a half years younger. Um, and she looks 15 years younger than you. Oh, so, yeah, she looks way really better, you know, yeah. and it's just what it is. <laughs> She's got great hair. I have no hair, you know. God gives you some, gives you a lot of things. He got to give you something deficiency, right? The next time we're doing this with your siblings, just yeah. so that all three of you can give me your individual versions. So Michael and I were, and we're involved in the church. Like, and my wife is super, like Rita's super involved. In I didn't know that about Rita. Rita's like everyday yeah. daily mass, all this. Yeah. Um, and our church, you know, we go to a church on the east side, which is not close. I was like half an hour away. And it's like a melting pot of, we're, we're Catholic Melkite. Not yeah. many of people in the area are like that and we have a kind of an older crowd of church right and the older people always run everything and we just weren't making money we were doing fundraisers and stuff. we don't make money so michael and i was like we know how to do this my wife is like a, that's what she does for the for the chaldean church and my wife's chaldean and so she just raises you know fundraisers they these chaldeans fundraise like crazy i can't believe how much money these guys bring into the table so we're like we're gonna go ahead and do this so we planned a party and our, my partner in Eight Mile and Born in Detroit, George, they own a um, a travel agency. He's like, I'll give you I'll give you a trip to Greece as a grand prize. So we're meeting him there. Another one of his buddies comes in, brings a couple autographs from Calvin Johnson, some of the Red Wings. He's like, Hey, I have this vodka company. You want to buy it? I go, Sure. And it wasn't this. It wasn't Eight Mile. It was this other vodka. We tried it. We didn't like it. But for like two weeks, I got to buy a vodka company. So we went out, met a couple people, met some people in the industry. And like, here's a vodka. It's really good. These people just kind of ran out of ideas, money, whatever the case. You should buy this. And we tasted it. It was delicious. The bottle looked great. It happened to be the same colors as our high school Catholic Central. So we're like, awesome. Let's go ahead and buy <laughs> it's this. Serendipitous. That was I got to get, no, get this. Because it says CC on it, right? Um, and we bought it. All right. Uh, so we bought the vodka for nothing. Pennies, right? On the bottom, it says born in Detroit. We're like, do you guys own that? He goes, yeah. So what do you want for that? He's like, eh, this much. We're like, 
it's worthless. It's not nothing on it. It's like, okay, cool. We had an idea to make an apparel brand out of it. So we bought the vodka and the apparel brand for pennies and blew it up to what, and blew it up to what it is today. I mean, yeah. we're expanding like crazy. We just signed with the University of Michigan. We're officially licensed by Michigan now. Uh, Wayne State, Western Michigan, Oakland University. We have a deal that should be announced here in the next couple of weeks. Probably wouldn't be licensed with Wayne State. Or I'm sorry, with Ohio State. Once we get Ohio State and Michigan, you got two of the top three brands in the country besides Texas. Yes. In apparel sales. Yeah. Why won't this go everywhere? So we're going to go, you know, trademark, uh, you know, born in Ohio, born in whatever. Yeah. And we're going to be all over the place. We, we just, we're going to have a place in the airport now we're going to be having. We have an RFP. We just won that RFP with Delaware North. We're going to be, have a, a whole born in Detroit store in the airport. This thing's going to become something, hopefully. That's kind of where we're at. It's going to yeah. become something where we never thought. We did it kind of as a fun, fun thing to do. And now it's become a legitimate business. As is the vodka. The vodka's won back to back best vodka in the world. What do you think <laughs> is um so first of all, you don't strike me as a vodka guy, whether you are I, or not. I never right? was. I, I was yeah. never a vodka guy. Yeah. So like, you know, we met a couple of years back and yeah. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, I'd like eat my vodka. I'm like, what's he doing in the vodka business? Right. I'm yeah. asking, I'm asking people, right? Yeah. The whispers in the room. But the secret behind that success, are there a couple people? Because you know, we we've talked before about. You know, it's not it's not the me, me, me thing. It's the we, we, we thing. Right. You know, some of the most successful people in business have been excellent identifiers of talented humans and then incredible empowers and advocates of them to be their best. Yeah. Are there a few key people that stand out in your mind that have been a big part of that brand? The eight mile vodka brand? Yes, definitely. And, And I tell people this a lot. Um. I'm no genius by any means. I'm actually not very smart at all. I just am very that's, good with that, people. That's it. I yeah. mean, you can bleep that <laughs> out, but that's fine. I, I mean, he's just being humble and that's fine. No, I we'll really, let him do it. I, you know, I did okay <laughs> in school and all that stuff, but I am not, I'm not some, some genius guy that knows how to run business. I just have learned on the fly. I'm good with people and, and people believe and I follow through, right? I'll never tell, I tell my employees, I'll never tell you something I can't come through with. I'll never promise you something, but I will work my butt off to make sure that you're taken care of, you're taken care of. I would give my shirt off my back to somebody before I'd say, I need the shirt, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just that kind of guy, mm-hmm. and I don't ever want anyone to, to go against my name, right? I, I'm very proud of what reputation uh, I've built and I built with my family, right? But there are definitely some key people that have, have helped us throughout the way. And obviously, again, my dad being one, my wife, like she is the one that, is always pushing me. Like oh, we were pretty comfortable, right? We we're doing all right. We had 18, 19 stores. No, we had 21 stores. And then we built a couple more, bought a couple more. We had 24 stores at Jimmy John's. And this guy comes in and says, Hey, do you want to buy the rest of my my stores? It's a big ad. We doubled the company overnight. We were kind of like, I don't know. She's like, You're an idiot if you don't do this. I'm like, Yeah, you're right. Um, so she's a key influencer in making me a better person, right? Like, I was doing okay for myself before before I met you know Rita and all that, but she's definitely pushed me to the next level, um, pushed me to be a better person, a better a better Catholic, a better everything, right? Better father, better husband, better everything, right? Um, so she's obviously you know a key with along with my dad, but there's all side people, and I've always said this to my family, immediately my brother and my sister, I'm like, why is this guy so successful? Why is he better than we are? Why can't we do that? 
who is this dude here? Who is this guy to be better than us? Like, what has he done that we can't do? And so we just started brainstorming and, and say, like, why can't we just do this? Let's do this. Let's do that. And then that's where Michael was watching the Guy Fieri on TV, saw the, the, the chicken guy as it was a show. And we're like, why can't we do that? Like, who, why, what's stopping us? Laziness, that's it. We're comfortable. Let's get outside our comfort level. My dad always told the same thing. Once you're here, people are going to come get you. And if you don't keep growing, don't keep getting better, then they're going to surpass you. And that's how it goes. And we did it for ourselves. Don't get, we're not going to say we're, we're saints, right? We did it for, for ourselves to grow our business, to you know, get more money. We did it for our people, our employees. They've been with us for a long time. And so there was a ceiling, right? If we didn't grow in Jimmy John's anymore and we weren't going to do anything else, then everyone was, everyone was at the top and just there. And no one, there's no room for growth. And so we said, you know what? Let's do this for everybody. Let's give everyone a platform where they're able to grow and become executives, not making sandwiches every day and grow this brand and grow our marketing, grow all this. And so we can get everybody to where we're at. And there was only in our, in our whole company at one point, I think there was like six people with a college degree, four of them being my family, right? <laughs> you know? And so these are great kids working hard, maybe didn't have that advantage, didn't have that chance to go to college or finish college or whatever the case. And they're working and making themselves a name by working. And let's give them that opportunity to get above where their parents were, above a level they, they may have never thought was attainable to them. And that's another reason why we've, we've moved forward with all these different brands. I love the way that you communicate about the vision that you've had for your life, your family, the various businesses that you and your family and those people closest to you have begun to build. I've, I've often heard, and I've heard people kind of reference it as like the darkest hour friends. Who are the people that in the toughest, most adversarial moments of your life have just always showed up for you? Can you think about a few people besides your mom and dad and your siblings that have really been there for you and maybe describe a little bit of what do those people do? How do those people show up during tough times to help you continue to pursue this aggressive vision you have for success in business? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously like my wife has always been there for me and she will always continue to be there. But like I talked about before, my, my, my best friends from, from high school, we're all there together and we've always been, whether it's supporting what they're doing next. Um, you know, we've had several of our friends, you know, fathers die, right? And who's there? Those same guys, those same 10, 12 guys, we all come back together. And it's like, we don't skip a beat, even though all of us have busy lives we all have kids in different sports. We're not around as much, but when it comes down to it, when something is needed, we rally together and we just bring it and we all come back together and we're just close. Like nothing, we haven't seen each other in a year. It's like we see each other every single day. Those are my guys, man. Those guys come strong and they always have. And, you know, we've had some other things, you know, Adam Targansky, he's our CEO of the company, been with it for 17 years. There's been a lot of ups and downs in business, right? The ups and downs in his life, right? And we're there for him. He's there for us. He may be the most creative guy I've ever seen. Mm. This guy, he just comes and makes drinks like for our vodka. We were at, we had a, you know, a big tasting event 
He went and made oh. gallons of drinks, made them all by himself, did everything. I, I have no creativity towards that, right? He's just that kind of guy, right? He's always there. He doesn't really have any investment in these businesses besides being who he is and how his love for us, for the family, for the business, for, for he takes pride in everything he does. And, and he's a special guy to, uh, to me, especially to me, um, but definitely to our whole entire group at Tommy Group. He's just always there to make things happen for us. And um, he's a stud, absolute stud. Where are you, when you think about business today, where are you drawing inspiration from? Are there, are there other serial entrepreneurs or business leaders that you look to and you say, man, I draw, I draw like vision, perspective, ambition, desire yeah. from these people. Are there people in front of you that are doing it really well that you look to? There are. There are a lot of people you see, you know, and I'm trying to expand, you know, and not that I have any embarrassment by being a sandwich guy or a food guy. Right. Which I love both. Which I love. Like, mm -hmm. I love food more than anybody. Trust me. I didn't get this skinny by not eating everything. Food and inside, clothes. Right, right. I'm all in. I'm all in. Right. But I, I definitely am trying to expand our horizons. Like, yeah, we're trying to get into the real estate game. Right. Uh, my brother-in-laws are, are studs. They're the Jonah group. They work out of, with, Cal, with Colliers, ah. um, Simon and Raymond. They're, they're studs at what they do. And I'm doing a lot of deals with them, getting involved with those guys. You look at a guy that, I mean, light years away from ever even thinking of being on his level, but like a man Ishbia. Guy's mm. a stud. He's a couple mm -hmm. years older than, than I am. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, and he just bought a basketball team. Like who doesn't want to own a professional <laughs> sport, right? Who's want to own a professional team? And then he had him and, play an exhibition yeah. game at his office. Exactly. At just for fun, right? Like, like, let's just have the no sons in, you know, Pontiac, Michigan yeah. for an exhibition game at the office. Exactly. Just one yeah. of those things, like the guy is doing everything that everyone dreams of doing. He built yeah. his business you know, listen, everyone needs that break. He's got his breaks and boom, look where he's at now. He's the kind of guy, yeah, you would love to be like that. Will I ever get to that, attain that level? Probably not. But there, you got to strive for something, right? You got to get right. up there. And he's an elite of where you want to be at. And that's where, you know, he's definitely the kind of guy that you look up to and be like, man, this guy's done it and I can get, I can follow his path and at least get to somewhere, somewhere different, um, higher and higher and higher and just keep going. When you think about the way people will look back and remember the role you played in exploding the trajectory of the legacy of your family, what are the things that you want Anthony, Nicholas, and Lucas' children to think about their grandfather? Wow. Steep. <laughs> it's um, not cranes. Yeah. And I love you, Casey Crane. Yeah. It's um, you know, I want them to be like, that was a good man. He took, he did everything for his family the way that he did and he did it the right way. I didn't cheat anybody. I didn't do anything illegal. I built it from from the bottom up. And that guy worked. He wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty and he took care of people. The way I look at it, I have 700 some employees. I feed 700 families, right? I put food on the table for 700 people. And I give these people chances to accelerate their life. And people just have to have trust in me. I always tell them, just trust me, guys. If you trust me, you're going to get somewhere. Because I just, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. I will never fail. I can't. Yeah. I won't let it happen. I know it sounds kind of cocky to say that. No. But it's one of those things, I just won't fail. I won't let it happen. 
And so I'm going to, I'm going to bust my ass until I get to where I need to get to, to hit, get that goal and make it happen. So I'd love for my grandkids to say that guy, my, my grandpa worked so hard that he built to what it is. And yeah. I'm not going to give anything to my kids. Yeah. I want them to earn it. I want, I don't want them to become, oh, my dad's, I got a bunch of businesses. I'm going to take it over. You're going to become something on your own. And if it falls into business and I can help you, beautiful. But that's what's what it's going to be. And I want them to be like, yeah, my dad was a great man. He worked really hard and he gave back to a lot of people. And that's a big thing for me is philanthropy, giving back, helping people out, helping, and not even at huge levels, right? Sure. Helping sponsor little kids' teams, do this, go back to the church, give back to people. Sure. You know, we're very, very blessed and very lucky to be where we're at in life. And if you can't give that back, then you're not doing things right, you know? And, and we do that now. I have a scholarship at, at Catholic Central. I have a scholarship at De La Salle because I have friends that I'm good friends with the with the the AD and the and the president and I just feel like it's a it's the same kid on the other side of the other side of the city right that's it it's the same kid yeah. it's not like you know anything so we have a scholarship there and it's in my wife's name because I want her she wants it to be a good Catholic strong leader and and build those guys and we always said if we we're in a position to ever give back it helps these kids that maybe can't get in there because of financial reasons we're going to be the people to help them out. That's a big thing for what we want to do. So I always want more than anything. I don't care how much how much business we had, how much money we made. If you're not a good person, it all goes to whatever from there. Yeah, I mean, I still remember when I met Rita, and um, we were at the event at the Ford property where yep. Coach Antonio Legatus, yeah, yeah, with the Legatus group and 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 the incredible team at Shelving.com. Shout out to those guys. They they do an incredible job, but uh, I was a guest of theirs, and that's the first time I met Rita. Yeah, and it was clear, right? Watching her sit up at that like front center table, yeah, right exactly. underneath Coach D'Antonio, I was like, yep. so "That's Anthony's wife." Yeah, you know, and Samantha was there with me as well, and it was yep. a blessing to to have her there with me. But uh, you She's know, boss, it, it was it She's was yeah, it was very very clear in terms of the leader yeah. that leads your home and leads your family and the impact that she probably has in, in every single aspect of the different businesses that you're serving today. She does. The boys. I love what you said about the way you want them, their children to remember you. I recently heard uh, at service on a Sunday uh, a reference about biblically what it means to be a good, if not great man and beyond the millions of expectations that exist. But that day they were focused on the man that provides for their children's children. And the fact that it's not just the next 10, 20 years in front of us, but it's who will Ava and Atlas have as children? And will I have provided? for them well beyond my time. And so I love the way you describe that of how you want uh, the boys' children to remember you and uh, God willing, they're going to have many and the legacy is going to be super powerful. I want to make sure that before we wrap up, you have an opportunity to share anything, anything that you think of that you would say, you know what? I'm in the news a good amount. I'm on social media a good amount. It's not hard to find information about me, my family, 
our businesses, the life we're living today. But is there something about Anthony Tomey that you would say, this is something the world should know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would say more than anything, again, we're just good people. I think we, 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 we give our time. And it's not about giving money. It's about giving time, right? Yeah. Giving uh, your presence. People are always like, how do you have time to do all these events? Yeah. Do all these things. And you're always smiling. You're always happy. I said, I, like, I hate. That's true. I have yeah. really bad days and somehow you don't. I, I, I mean, I, we do, obviously. But, you know, I'm always smiling. Like, I hate the word stress. I'll never admit that I'm ever stressed. or I hate it. I don't like that word. And people are like, why don't you ever get stressed? You don't do anything like that. I said, it's just. I'll make it, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And I want people to be like, yeah, I love that. That guy's a good dude, man. He's, he's a fun guy. He's always smiling. He's working. I see him making sandwiches. I see him at, you know, eight mile tastings. I'm going tonight to a sipping shop for born in Detroit. I'm out there hustling with everybody else. I don't think I'm better. I, I'm going to go sweep the floor. I don't care. I'll do whatever it takes to get to the next level and get my, and get everybody in. So when people want to support, and go to our, our businesses and use our, wear our clothes and drink our vodka. I want them to know that the owner is a good dude. They're a good family man. His whole family is good people. And then we're always going to, we're always going to be around. We're never too good to, uh, you know, to call and ask for a favor, too good to ask for a donation for this or for that. And we're always going to be there to support everyone that supports us. You were at the very front end of building something just absolutely unbelievable. It's, you know, I've been here six years in the state of Michigan and it's, you, you have one of the most special stories and it's no surprise hearing you just open up about your mom and dad a little bit, even before we started recording <laughs> today, but it was special. And obviously your siblings, your wife, Rita, your boys, um, your faith, your school, yeah. sports, and everywhere that you absorb something of value to become the man that you are, dude, you're going to write one of the most special stories, I think, of our time, <laughs> especially especially for people who know the great state of Michigan. I'm excited to watch from the sidelines and be an enormous fan and advocate of that. It was I, a pleasure to be with you today. I appreciate you having me on, my man. This, is, this has been fun. This is great. And obviously, you've built an, un an unbelievable uh, you know, podium here as yeah. well, right? So. Yeah. You know, I'm very proud of all things you've done already, and, and you're raising a great, great kids and family. Yeah. And um, I'm just, I'm honored to be here. Like, this is not a, you don't have anybody on this, on this, on this show, right? Like, yeah. this is just, it's a special just to be even invited or even thought about. So, you know, we talked about this for a couple of years, and I'm, I'm so happy we're able to get this uh, taken care of and sit down and, yeah, and, and break it and break some bread and get, and get going. And we'll do a 2.0 sometime soon. Let's do it. It's good to see you, brother. Appreciate Thank you. It. Thanks. Folks, thanks so much for listening. And thanks to our guest today, Anthony Tomey. Connect with Anthony on Instagram at A-Tomey, T-O-M-E-Y, 5-3. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to follow, rate, and review at the podium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow the show on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at podium underscore podcast at podium underscore podcast post about the show on social tag us we'd love to repost share send some gratitude your way also consider telling a friend about the show i still find that everybody wants to find out about something new something awesome 
something of value through people they love, respect, and trust. So tell your friends about the show. Friend of friend is still the best way to get the word out and share the stories about our guests who come on the podcast. We'll see you next time.